Listening Dog Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it's somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Here. Breathtaking. Like never before. Hello and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman and Lindsay Hooper. Have you been, Lindsay? Because I've not been too well. <laughs> I know. Oh dear. Um, yeah, your season's taken quite a turn. I, I don't know. I, I was, I was thinking yeah. that we'd come on today and you'd clearly be down in the dumps about Arsenal. But then I look at the point for Leeds, and that could be huge. That point against Brighton. So maybe, maybe yeah. both your teams shouldn't be making you feel too bad today, or are they? Well, yeah, but the Arsenal thing was like it's so disappointing, you know, because we, we go to Spurs and we and we just got played off the pitch, really. You know, if, if we're honest, um, you know, we just didn't seem to create much. You know, massive game for us and and didn't really turn up. And then we, you know, then the next game at Newcastle was very similar. You know, like really big atmospheres, big pressures, and we did turn up again. You know, and I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, you know, hang on a minute, is it? Is it because of these big pressure games with the atmosphere and that? But then they went to West Ham and they beat Chelsea and all that sort of stuff. So I'm thinking, well, they are used to it, but I just don't know why they haven't turned up again. It's two games on the trot now. You know why? Because I think when you went through that spell and one of the reasons why I said I thought Spurs would win the North London derby and that they'd get top four is I can see with Conte what the end game is and how the team have gained certain consistency in certain areas. Whereas I look at Arsenal and you can't say what's improved. I I genuinely feel that there was that streak where you had a good run. And I think it was a bit fluky. That's genuinely how I watched it at at the time. I just thought there were certain players Mm. that played pretty well, but it wasn't something that was in sync. And I just thought it could just disappear again. You know, Rob Holding's a great example of that. He comes in, is fantastic when he when he deputised in one game, comes in for another, and is really the the reason that you well, not the reason that you lost the North London derby, but he certainly was a big contributor in the fact that you couldn't get back in it. Yeah. So that sums yeah. it up. You know, where's the consistency with the with the players that are coming in? Um, what did you make of Xhaka's interview post match? He was pretty brutal, wasn't he? Yeah, it was brutal. And if I'm honest, I was a little bit uneasy because I feel that stuff like that should stay in the dressing room. He doesn't need to come out like that and say it in public. 
for me, that's not a positive. It's not going to help. It's just going to start people calling out other people now, and it's just not. Yeah, it just doesn't help. I don't think you know. I think they should have stayed in the dressing room. You know, he's right. You know, in some of the points that he said, you know, about you know, it's a big game. You've got to have balls to you know to go and play in games like that. But it needs to stay in the dressing room. And um, like I say, he was part right. And then when I when I heard Gary Neville, like he really went properly, didn't he? You know, like mm-hmm. when he was like, he, you know, he's suddenly to talk. He's been a disgrace over the last four years or whatever, and all that sort of stuff. I was like, that's the sort of thing that it can lead to. So. For me, as much as, you know, it was a bad night for Arsenal, there's no doubt about it. You don't need one of your ex-captains coming out on TV and saying stuff like that, I don't feel. You know, just leave it in the dressing room, it's much better. One of the questions that Patrick Davison put to him alluded to the fact that there's a lot of young players in the Arsenal team and whether that's been part of the issue at this point in the season, that experience to get over the line. Do you, do you see anything in that? Yeah, but that's what I've been saying about all season, Lindsay, is, is the consistency. And to be fair to Arteta, that's what he's been trying to get, you know, trying to get some sort of level of consistency. And and that's what you get with a lot of young players. You get great performances and then you get indifferent ones. You know, when you when you look at the league and we finish fifth, I'm happy with that. You know, like when, when we started this season, the first two weeks couldn't have been any worse. Bottom of the league, Tottenham top. And then from then on, you know, people was they, they didn't know what the process was or anything like that. You know, and I was getting like, "What process?" and and I was saying, "Well, you know, just stick with it." You know, because I felt that he's that he um, he was he's the right man. I say I felt, I still feel he's he's the right man. But um, you know, I was getting a lot of questions asked, and then we went on this run, and then I was people were saying to me, you know, like, "Oh, what will be a good season?" Yeah, I was just saying, finishing Europe. If we finish in Europe, it's going to be a good season, you know, because it's a that. It's a plus on last season. You know, the, the last two seasons, we finished eighth. So we've made a massive improvement on that. You know, okay, we've spent a bit of money, but we've also got a team now that we know it can perform. But like we've just been talking about, it's about getting that consistency right. You know, and it's going to be a massive summer for Arsenal. We all know that, you know, because we've lost a Bamiyang. There's a couple of players that are out of contract, especially in the strikers position. Um, you know, so it's a big summer for Arsenal. And then... Um, and I think that, that'll tell us where the board and the club are aiming to go. You know, the, the, the signings that we bring in will tell everybody, are we going to have a right good goal for next season? I suppose what a lot of neutral fans will think when they look at the positioning in the table, because I agree with you, you know, at one point in the season, to say that you'd finish fifth, I think you'd all taken that. It's more difficult to take it when it feels like you've thrown something away. And I think because of the nature of the North yeah. London derby, that result against Newcastle, I much I must admit I'm not convinced that you'll you'll get a win against Everton on that final day. I know, yeah. And, I, I know I know what you mean, you know, because it's not the confidence is not there. That's the bit of the downer on the season is that we were in a fantastic chance of being in the in the top four, you know, but we just haven't got it over the line and um and I'm sure that Mikel will be looking at that and be looking at players, see how they performed. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll do a, an end of season review and then he'll, he'll take it from there, you know. But um, for me, it's a positive and it's really hard to take a positive out of these the last few games because of the position that we were in. But when you look at it overall, you know, even, you know, we play we play Everton on, on Sunday. We've got to get a three points to stop Everton getting any points for Leeds United. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing for me, you know, and again, you know, but I feel that if we get the three points on Sunday, then people will be 75% happy. You know, you won't please everybody because of the, the chance that we had, 
know and you learn the most from those moments exactly yeah two of the big knock-on effects from that surely are are you going to be able to attract the players that you want to attract in the summer and also you know a lot of people are saying but they will have Europa next season are all those extra matches actually going to wear the team out was this season the season to be able to push and try for that Champions League will it now be harder will it be harder I don't know. I, don't, I, th- I still feel that, you know, the, the club and now with European football, that's more of an attraction for players. Okay, Champions League's the cherry on top, but I feel that we're getting better, you know. So it's it's a case of let's see what we can attract. Let's see what sort of players we get. And that'll show us. That'll show us where where the club wants to go and where the board and the owners think that we can go, you know, because we need a, a striker big time, you know, because we still don't know what's happening Lacazette and Ketia, you know, they're all on end of their contracts, you know, so it's a difficult position to to fill and it'd be interesting just to see how big they go in that position. Something I don't think has been spoken about enough, Nicola Pepe. I, I was looking at how much he cost and I think a lot of people listening to this, unless you're a hardened Arsenal fan, might have, it might have passed them by that Nicola Pepe cost Arsenal more than Aubameyang did. Yeah. This season... He has made five starts, five starts in the entire season. Yeah, that is a waste of money. What you know, we we all know that these players come in and sometimes they don't take to the Premier League. But um, when you're looking at recruitment, that that has to be something to to again take a lesson from. He he hasn't worked out. Yeah, you've got to look at that, Lindsay, and you've got to think. You know, for the player, it's not. You know, the, the price tag isn't anything to do with the player. The clubs agree that the price tag is put on the player, then then you've got to try and perform to that price tag. And and with uh, with Pepe, it's just I think that's part of the reason why Arsenal fans are so frustrated with him because they've had to pay so much for him and got so little back. You know, like you said, five mm. starts. It's just not obviously the manager doesn't has not got a, a great deal of confidence in him. When I first saw him come to the club, and I saw bits, and I was thinking. There is some real talent in there, you know. His little jink inside, he's, a, he's like Mares and people like that, you know. Where he, he comes onto his left foot and he had a great finish. It's just that he just didn't do it often enough. It wasn't consistent with it, and you know the fact that he's only made five starts this season shows you that Arteta's not really got that much confidence in him. Obviously, he's got Saka playing in his position as well, you know. So he's hardly ever going to get him out unless Saka gets injured, you know, because he very rarely has a loss of form. But um, it's so frustrating for Arsenal fans, but I feel sorry for him in a, in a little way because the price tag is huge. You know, like for £70 million, pounds, you're almost looking at like a marquee signing, you know, one that's like going to produce straight away. And with Pepe, it was still a development. It was treated like the marquee signing. Because I remember being at the club reporting mm. when he'd signed. The club shop had taken all shirts away, all they had was Pepe on the back because the demand for the shirts, I think it was the number one selling shirt after he signed. So this is the the furore yeah. that had got behind that signing. We all have those ones that we think are going to be marquee. Does it say anything about the fact that Arteta hasn't got a tune out of him? You know, I, I think when we judge coaches, and I think Arteta's really in the middle with this, I feel really 50-50 because I think he's made some players better, but I think there's some players that he's just had no effect on at all. And in fact, some are just, disappeared like Pepe and that's usually the measure isn't it is can that coach make the players that he's got better now at the moment I think you'd say when you look at Eddie Howe he's made that Newcastle team better pretty much across the board 
and all yeah. of them are, pl- are playing out of their skin. They're playing extra. And that's what you need to be getting from from these players. So, so is there an element of failure in the fact that he hasn't been able to get a tune out of him? I think a lot of it depends on the player's attitude as well. You know, I know that he was big friends with Aubameyang, you know, so then he sees him leave. Um, it, it's tough because the fact that he's not getting started in games tells you a lot. You know, maybe he's not putting it in the training. I don't know. I, I haven't seen that. But um, it is a tough one. But for me, with, with Arteta, I still feel that he's got he's made the team better. He's got a team, you know, like whereas before it was always chopping and changing and he seems to know what his best team is. We still had injuries. I know it's an old cliche, but there, there has been injuries to some key players, you know, and especially with this running, you know, with um, with Partey and, and Tierney, you know, they've been out for the end of the season, you know, and so that's not the team. But, you know, I, I still feel that Arteta's the right man because I see what he does in training. I see his coaching methods and I see the intensity that he's got, the passion that he's got and the quality as well. You know, the demands that he makes on the players are really high and, the, and for me, the, the team is getting better. So, Looking back, you know, from what you just said, yeah, the team's getting better, but you'll always get individuals that don't improve. And I think that's where Pepe comes into it. You know, he's just, he hasn't improved. And I don't know why. What do you think the bar is for um, Arsenal next season in terms of where where do they need to be at Christmas? Because it was raised on um, after the game on Sunday by Jamie Carragher that if it comes to November, December and Arsenal aren't in a great position, he's in trouble. Where do they yeah. need to be by that time? <laughs> They need to be top five again. They need to be there, you know, there or thereabouts, going for for Champions League. Um, but they just need to be challenging. That's that's where they need to be. And if they if they're not, no matter who's manager at Arsenal, that whoever it is would be, there'd be questions asked. We're recording this on the day of the Europa League final, and look at what Rangers have done. And and it's not just if they win that trophy, they then go into pot one for the Champions League next season. So that's a hell of a, a carrot to dangle that even if you finish fifth, if you can go on a brilliant run in the Europa League, it, you might end up with Champions League football in a very different way. You could still finish fifth, sixth next season, but get Champions League if you had a good run and prioritise that as a competition. Yeah, and, and like you say, and prioritise it, which, which I'm sure they will. But when you look back at the season now, they haven't been brilliant, Arsenal, yet they've still come up with a chance of getting Champions League this season without playing, you know, their best football all season. Like I said, we had a bad start of the season. Then we were good, went on a long run. And then we had the blip where we had three defeats on the trot. And now we've had another two on the trot, you know. So it's, you know, so if we can sort that out and get that consistency, then we've got to be looking at Champions League. But it all depends on who comes in the summer. And and those players that do come in at the summer, do you think they should be a little bit older and a little bit more experienced than the, the players that you've got now? Is that where the consistency normally is found it's with them yeah yeah it's it's getting it's getting that mixture right of experienced players and and the young players but don't forget you know the younger players now are getting older season by season obviously and they're gaining that experience which one player would you not like to lose um one player i'd say saka would be a real like dagger in the heart of arsenal because he's one of our own for me, the, the the two that sort of stand out for me that haven't that have performed really well, but haven't been sort of in the limelight as much would be um, Enketia and Martinelli, and yeah. and every time that they've been on and they've produced something, people people's eyes have lit up and gone, oh wow, look at the talent in these guys. But do you bring in a striker that goes straight into that starting eleven and and knocks Enketia off? 
or um, do you try and keep him happy? Because I know, uh, I think it was either at Christmas or the beginning of the season, he refused uh, a contract extension. Yeah, yeah. so I don't, I don't know what situation is with his contract, whether he's up in the summer or is he up next summer? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is this summer. I think it's this yeah. summer. Yeah, you know, so that... But you've got two t- gems there, haven't you, really, that you don't yeah. want to let... But you want to make a big marquee signing, you want to get a striker in, whether that be... I know you've been linked with uh, Gabriel Jesus and stuff like that, but... Do you then run the risk of annoying your current squad and, and potential players that could easily fit into a a Leicester, a Wolves? Christ, I'd love them at Saints. You know, any sort of yeah, I know. those and, and make them better. And, yeah, I, I know what you mean, but it's it's getting the balance right. You know, so you know, I, for me, I feel we need an out and out striker. You know, and then maybe Enketia, if if he stays, you know, can can play off him. You know, but you've got Martin and Leah Smith Rail competing for the same position. You know, so that's that's great competition for me with Enketia. Yeah, he's great at finishing and stuff, but as we've seen, you know, the, these last few games, he's not had a massive impact. So all all this talk about Jesus, is he an out and out striker though? Because yeah, well, obviously he's so. not because you know yeah. Man City have played all this season without a striker. So yeah, apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, that I'm... you know, he's not he's not an out and out striker. Would you take the risk on someone like Ivan Tony? That's sort of, the sort of guy that you need, you know, someone like that that is an out-and-out striker. From what I see, he's, he's a quality player. He's, he's had a good season, but has it been good enough to put him in a big team? If I'm honest, I would expect someone a bit better than that. If you get someone like Tony, though, it's, is that a statement of intent? Is it really when you've just nicked a, a Brentford striker? As good as he may be, <laughs> will the fan base actually go, no, I need you to spend another 70 million on a top striker in Europe somewhere? The only thing I would say pot? is that he could yeah. be the sort of signing that keeps Nketiah happy because you, you could play them together number one. But number two, he yeah. wouldn't be guaranteed every week. So what you're saying to Enketia is you could come in and have more of a role to play and that might convince him mm. to stay. He he might need a signing at that level in order to keep him. Maybe he's waiting for that. Maybe he's waiting to see, you know, what sort of ambition the club have got. You know, but as a player like with with Eddie, is a young player, he's he's just got to do what's best for his career. If he does go David is it Crystal Palace that you see him going to because Vieira's said for a long time he's quite keen I would imagine there'll be quite a few clubs that would be keen on getting him um it'll be a sad day for Arsenal because it's the same situation it's a one of our young players coming up and then leaving you don't want to be seeing that you know and I just find it strange that he hasn't signed a contract you know I don't know why he hasn't signed a contract but we'll have to wait and see what happens with that you know because it's but it would be a sad day if he leaves Arsenal. As you're sat here right now, what does your gut say? Who's going down? Burnley. I know. Well, I'm at Villa Burnley on Thursday. I'm going to go Burnley, but every time I do, they always don't go down. Yeah, I think, and I know, and and everybody I speak to, they all want Burnley to go down. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> but that point last weekend could prove massive. You know, Burnley need to get something to get out of it. Um, You're more of a neutral, Callum. What what do you reckon? <laughs> We've every, every, every neutral say Leeds. My gut tells me Leeds are going to drop. Yeah. See, I think they've got the point, and I know that. But they've the got Burnley a terrible have... goal difference. They've got a goal difference of minus thirty-eight. Like who stays <laughs> up with that? <laughs> well, but they've got the point on the board. Yeah, but at least he's not mm. the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. I'm being positive. I, I'm, I'm by the skin of their teeth. I think Leeds are going to survive. Yeah. Who's Burnley got last game? 
Newcastle, but at home. Hopefully it's Nilpois. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was watching Eurovision at the weekend. Oh, no, somebody wasn't. <laughs> no, you were a stag do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was on a stag do. Come on, what oh. stories? <laughs> no, not really. Saw- oh, oh, my God. So, <laughs> so obviously, like, my last train was uh, at 11.30. So, you know, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to go go-karting. Then we'll have a meal, we'll have a drinks and that lot. I was like, right. First of all, I'll skip the go-karting because it was, like, near West Ham's ground. I was like, that's miles away from me. So I met, <laughs> I met them at the pub. We watched the cup final, getting a lot of cheering from a lot of Liverpool fans. Then I had some some food and that. And my last train home was half eleven, and I was chatting away, chatting away, and, and we was in Shoreditch. And um, and then I looked at my watch and I was like, Shit, I've got to get from here to Paddington. And and I'd been looking out before. There was like loads of black cabs going by. I thought oh, I'll be all right. I went out, nothing. nothing. <laughs> That's always the way. <laughs> oh, so then, so then, then I phoned an Uber. Sorry, black cab guys, but none of you are around. Um, so I got a folded Uber, and, and and it was only like two or three minutes away. So as I'm like waiting for it, I got spotted on the street. I got like loads of people taking photographs and everything. Mm. Luckily, the doorman of the, of the pub was like, Dave, your Uber's over there. You better get it or so he'll drive off. And I hadn't seen it. So anyway, so I get in the car, and I've now got like 25 minutes to get to Paddington. And I'm like looking at my, at my, um, my watch. I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God. Did you get in there and go, drive it like you stole it? <laughs> 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 so I got in the car and, um, and, he, and I'm like looking and I'm looking. My train leaves at 11.30. I got out of the car at 29. <gasps> 11.29, right? And at Paddington, the cars can't get close, can they? So I had to leg it through the station. <laughs> I ran through the station. Luckily, the barriers were up. I went straight through. I got on the train at 11.29 and 30 seconds. Oh, <laughs> right? You still it got didn't it. Stop there, though. So then, oh, no. I got, so I got on the train. It was absolutely packed. I got, I got, me, me, uh, I got me hat on. I got my reading glasses on and I got my face mask on. <laughs> so that worked perfect. Then I got off the train and then I had to get a little train home. And I got there and I was like, oh, I've got loads of time. I'm looking and thinking, oh, and I sat down and I sent, I sent Frankie a picture. I says, oh, look, there's hardly anybody around on this platform. And just <laughs> she, says, she sent a text back saying, you should be on the train by now. I was like, what? I was on the wrong platform, weren't I? Oh, <laughs> so, <no>. so <laughs> So I, I was like, oh man. So I like I, I went up the steps. Just as I was just about to come down the steps, the train left. And that was oh. the last train. So I was like, Frankie Bay. Come and pick me up. Seaman says with Safe Style. The great saves you can't beat Safe Style. Right, guys, it's time for Save the Week with Safe Style. And um, this week, there was a few, you know, and, and to be fair, Aaron made a couple against Newcastle, but the one that caught my eye massively was Nick Pope. It's saved from uh, Son against Tottenham. It was a, a cutback, and Son arrived onto the ball and got a real good contact. It came through a couple of players, and Pope just went the other way. He got a real strong hand at his near post and turned it wide. It was a save that got me, got the old wow 
as I was watching it. You know, and it, it was, got uh, a wow, um, and it got um, Adam less points on fantasy as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real good save, and he, and he made he made quite a few in the game as well. You know, he had another one from Son, made one up in the top corner that he made look easy. He didn't do the camera dive as some goalkeepers do. <laughs> Don't name any names, <laughs> but we um, yeah, but he, um, yeah, he, he, he had a really good game, and it was topped by a fantastic save. If they go down, he ain't staying with them. Someone's going to snap him up big time. Yeah, you would think so. And obviously, he's still in contention with England with with Jordan, Aaron, mm. you know, and Nick Pope. You know, there's three goalies there that we've got that are producing. Things are looking good on that on that front. But yeah. Nick Pope's definitely the save of the week. That was save of the week with Safe Style. For great saves, you can't beat Safe Style. Save of the week with Safe Style. For great saves, you can't beat Safe Style. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. Great story this week, guys. Jake Daniels has had the courage to come out and tell everyone that he's gay. It's a big decision for anyone, you know, let alone a 17-year-old, you know, and he's even got Boris Johnson tweeting about him saying that he's going to be an inspiration to other people, you know, and, and thank you for your bravery. It's just a, it's a huge decision to make and like what, like I say, hopefully it leads the way for a lot more people to come out and feel comfortable about it. It is a huge moment um, and, and one that it feels like the papers have been after for some time. This, this actually was Jake coming forward and wanting to do this himself, which I think is also a key difference in this. You know, a lot of the times it's been about journalists wanting to find that first uh, gay professional footballer and being able to to unwantedly out them sometimes. You know, you saw those um, articles where there were blurred images and we've all known that it's existed. But this is a young man that's beyond his years of mature to say, I want to inspire others to do this. Um, and there is going to be an element of spotlight around being the first, certainly whilst he's been playing. We know that others have, have managed yep. to, to do it afterwards. But he is the first in a very long time that's had the courage to do this. And football's been behind. Certainly men's football has been way behind what society is and, and how it should be reflected. Um, I really hope that he doesn't get any unwanted abuse or anything like that. You know, when we're recording this, we know that homophobic abuse still happens and homophobic attacks even around the world. Um, and that's why these sorts of people are needed to just try and normalise it so that one day we're not talking about pointing yeah. at others for being different, that we're all just coexisting in a harmonious state and that's what we want. Um, but we're probably a very long way off from that still, even though we've made so much progress. But this is a huge step in the right direction. It is, you know, and, it, and with him being that young as well, you know, it's a whole new generation. And, you know, and I feel that it's just, a, it's it's that sort of generation. They just think, well, yeah, so, you know, it's not it's not something that, that youngsters are like, well, yeah, he's gay or she's gay or whatever. They, they, they just take it as part of their life now. It's always been inferred by me anyway, when I've been reading the media, that it would be a backlash in the dressing room, which I always find incredible. Because I think, David, that the dressing room would be very accepting. I don't think it's ever been about within yeah. football. It's, certainly it's about the fan base and the section of supporters that would use it against players in the same way that we see racism in football. It would just be homo homophobic chanting. Those are the things that people have been scared of, not necessarily their own teammates, or am I wrong? 
No, the, the teammates will take it so so easily. You know, they, it wouldn't it wouldn't make any difference at all. Or it certainly wouldn't have made any difference if you know if I, if they'd been in my dressing room. You know, and like you say, I think the the, the fans now are more aware of what they can and can't say. You know, and and clubs need to get even more up with this. You know, like with cameras on people in the stands. You know, because they, they're doing it already, especially with the racism, you know, and they can do exactly the same with the homophobic chants, you know, do exactly the same, you know, single these people out and, and get them out of the ground. You know, you, you ain't going to please everyone. There's no doubt about that. You know, there's always going to be some idiots. But, you know, the more people like like Jake, the more people come out, the more normal it is, you know, and that's what I hope that where this leads to is other people coming out and making it more normal because it is normal in our lives. This is Seaman Says. Is Seaman says with David Seaman. So I was having a chat with um, with Callum the other night, and uh, we noticed on your um, on your social media, David, that you've done a, a fishing video. You've got some some deal going on there, and I said to Callum, <laughs> "He's done a piece to camera. There's no edit. How, how's he pulled that one off?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about fishing. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it so good. natural. Oh uh, no, it's just something that I've been looking forward to. It's, it's been it's took quite a while to get it all sorted out properly, but um, yeah, I've joined Fishing Republic, and um, so what does that mean? Just, so it's um, they're they're a brand that are within Go Outdoors, you know, so like a concession that's in all their their stores across the country, um, and I went to an opening one up in uh, in Swindon. And it was great. You know, you go in there, there's all these camping gear and horse riding gear and all this bike gear and everything. And then it was like, bang, there's the fishing gear. <laughs> and there's like loads of it, you know. So it's, um, yeah, it's like going shopping in the in the, in the candy store for me. You know, it's, uh, all these different baits and stuff. And, you know, it's just something that's that's um, that fits perfect with me, you know, and it fits with the uh, Fishing Republic as well. You know, we did a photo shoot quite a while ago and, and it was great, you know, using using a, quite a bit of their gear and and just getting out and, and doing a bit more fishing, you know. So um, that's look at the business in those photos. Yeah, you know, it'll certainly make me smile, you know, and it'll make me happy. So uh, yeah, now now I can go out and say, right, I'm going working. I'm actually going fishing, and I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think that's going to work with Frankie, do you? Yeah. <laughs> so last night I got a a text from my uh, brother-in-law. Saying just open the Go Outdoors catalogue and not pups David Seaman. <laughs> so we've actually exactly. got a catalogue model on our podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, your brother in law subscribes to what? <laughs> there was one picture, David, and you were looking very wistful, would be my word. You were you it was like you were looking out right. onto a lake. It was a, a very posed shot. I love the picture. Yeah. You knew exactly uh, what you were that, doing. Was I on the bridge? I yeah, you on the bridge. bridge. I think yeah. you probably got this from your England days. <laughs> no, I was thinking of how big are the fish in this lake? <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah, go with Fishing Republic and work. Do some work. Yeah, working, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're working a lot this week. Yeah. <laughs> David Seaman and Lindsay Hooper. This is Seaman Says. Whilst we've been recording this, I have had a message to say what game I'm covering on the final day of the season, which I did not know. 
because they were waiting right. for all the permutations. And I didn't know whether I might not find out until after the games on Thursday. But the message has come through from one of my bosses. Spill the beans. I will be at on the final day of the season, David. It's a big one for you for a couple of reasons. I'll be at Arsenal Everton. Well, yeah. oh, I was hoping you were going to say Brentford Leeds because then I could phone you up and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but what Everton did is going to be big, isn't it? In in saying what, Le- what happens for Leeds, yeah, well. it is. Yeah. You know, and it'll be yeah. It it should it should be a good day. Um, only if Arsenal win, <laughs> you know. So you know, and I think I think Arsenal need to do this to. You know, give the fans something to shout about at the end of the season. You know, because well, Everton have been they're... pressing the self-destruct button with their red cards and stuff, haven't they? For yeah. the next no. couple of games, you know. And, yeah. Well, how long did Rondon stay on for? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what sort of tackle was that? I mean, it wasn't. It, it kind of went oh, two legs. I know. Yeah. And he moved straight away, away, didn't he? Yeah. But um, yeah, but it's you know, it's it's a it's a big game for Arsenal. You know, for for confidence reasons, for especially for fans, you know they need a they need a display that will that will make them feel a lot happier going into next season. You know, get beat, and it really leaves on a downer. The more that we're talking, the more because I thought that Arsenal might drop points in this final game because of what Everton have got to play for. But actually, I think so many things are starting to look, and we'll see what happens on Thursday. But out of their control now so for Arsenal they know it's not down to them it's up to Spurs that Spurs are in mm-hmm. that driving seat and if they win that's it that's theirs so a bit of please pressure be Spursy, please be Spursy. exactly but pressure <laughs> is removed isn't it because they think well we're not we haven't got that pressure anymore we can just go out and Everton I mean let's see what yeah. happens but I think that they might be in a position whereby it looks like it's between Leeds and Burnley and might not need it as much uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. You know, and and like I said, like what you've just said is Arsenal need to go out just to, in case Spurs do slip up, in case Spurs do be Spursy, please be Spursy, <laughs> like Adam says. <laughs> but you know, it's um, yeah. So it is not, Norwich, though, David. You know, it's, these get a, <laughs> that'd be know, ultimate Spursy. Oh, 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 did you just say that? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> who couldn't beat Norwich? Sorry, who was that? Uh, who couldn't beat Norwich? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that. Oh, you oh, opened no. yourself up to that one, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about different caliber of team Please. in Spurs. Yeah. I'm afraid to us at the minute. There's no way Norwich's defense are going to cope with Son and Kane and Kulisevsky. No, Son is after a golden boot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it could be how many goals. Mm. You know, yeah. that's what um, that's what I, I'm sure that will reflect in our uh, predictions. <laughs> Before we get to predictions, what do you? Uh, how do you reckon the title race is going to go? I, I can't see City slipping up at all. They just need a win, don't they? And you know, mm-hmm. a, a home win, and and then it's theirs. I was watching yeah. the the Liverpool game last night, and when it went one 0 I was thinking, oh, this could be a draw. Mm-hmm. We made them sweat, mm-hmm. and especially when I see what what sort of team that um, Jurgen Jurgen Klopp put out, I was like. Whoa, no Salah, resting a few players. No Virgil Van Dijk, no Robertson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alexander Arnold was rested yeah. for that one because I think the cup final just took out, took it out of so many players. Fabinho has been an, a, yeah. a regular uh, struggler with injury um, in recent weeks. So yeah, the team's been decimated. I think if anyone looks like they're going to slip up at the moment, it's Liverpool, not City. Decimated. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I, I say decimated. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I Southampton fan isn't going to think that's decimated when they look at the bench. But but for <laughs> in terms of regular starters. Yeah. Even Klopp said it's like having Ferraris in the garage. That's not a bad team. <laughs> I mean, look, you compare it to Saints, like I, I get it. And and I, I thought we would still be embarrassed and we weren't and we went up. So, uh, you know... I think I think I actually think, unlike a lot of our um, supporters, I think Ralph played it pretty well. I don't know what it looked like on TV because it always seems to look a bit different on TV than when you're actually there at the ground. But we we drew them in and we went long and yeah. and it seemed to work for a, a big chunk of the game. But um, yeah, that, that certainly isn't a decimated team we played against. <laughs> look, it's decimated compared to Real Madrid. But yeah, City are still my choice. I can't see them slipping up at all. Talking about slipping up, is this, is this the opportunity that Stephen Gerrard gets to win the league for Liverpool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this poetry? Some sort of yeah, weird... exactly, yeah. <laughs> for him to have be the one to, to, to balls it up all those years ago and then him to come round in a management position and, and have that effect on the team that he loves so much. I know. Philippe Coutinho to score the winner? No. No, it's not happening. They're not going to leave it till the last minute either, or the last seconds. <laughs> it's going to be a nice, comfortable 3-0 win. Seaman says, this week's predictions. And on that note, Linz, a nice, comfortable win for City. I think we should do the rest of our predictions for the final time this season. <gasps> and where are we in the rankings, David? Have you got that ice out yet? The ice is actually in the bucket for you. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> so the seven points difference. Seven so, points, oh. You know what that means, though, don't you? That means that I think, David, you're going to have to go a little bit out there with some of your uh, predictions this week just to try Uh and claw something back. Yeah. The only way I could change it is if if Lindsay goes first every time. (laughs) Lindsay, do you want to... Have have you got the balls to go first every time? So you can totally (laughs) annihilate me, or I might... No, no, we've got to to carry on. (laughs) I, I don't mind. I don't mind either way. I feel confident. Um... Oh, I like it. Mm. Where do you want to start then? First up is Arsenal against Everton. And yeah, I think the only thing that might change on this... Mind you, you were talking about that you might think that you think Everton might get something here, but I'm going to go for a confident 3-1 win for Ooh. Arsenal. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that sort of margin. I think this is going to be a tighter game, but I think the red cards have swayed me now that Arsenal will win this. I thought that there could yeah. have been a draw on on the table, but I think Arsenal might just edge it. 2-1. Brentford leads the other game that you really want to put some focus on, David. Channel that energy. Um, 2-2. Oh, she's gone with a Desmond. Um... I'm going to go with a 2-1 Leeds win. I've got, to, I've got to do that. I've just got to have... And then that secures Premiership football or Premier League football for next season. Any other result and I'm worried. Right, next up is Brighton against West Ham. West Ham are... They're playing well. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I can see this as a draw. So I, I'm going to go with my Desmond on this I'm going to go 2-2 Brighton's home form has been the fourth worst in the league I believe 
They have been great on the road. But I think West Ham finish on a high. It's been this season has been about a few teams and West Ham are one of them. Um I think that West Ham win this 2-0. Burnley Newcastle could have a lot riding on this one. At Turf Moor, but Newcastle in the last game against your lot, Arsenal looked very good, didn't they? That was at St James's Park. I yeah. I still think that Newcastle are going to do this. 1-0, Newcastle. I'm going to go 3-1, Newcastle. <laughs> That's got some faces going. But yeah, I just feel that yeah, I'm not going to go for anything for Burnley because that would be totally against Leeds. Um, yeah, I think... But the way... I just hope that the way that Newcastle played the other night against Arsenal is not took everything out of them. They've still got a little bit left. And that bit be 3 1 to Newcastle. Next up is Chelsea against Watford. <laughs> We're going to. How many goals? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 4 0 Chelsea. 3 0 Chelsea. Palace Man United. I think 2 1 Palace. Yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to. I think Man United are going to go out with it. Big bang, and I'm going to say totally opposite. Two one, Man United. <laughs> Can Man United see how far standards have dropped. Big bang, two one against Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Leicester against Saints. Oh, good luck choosing this one. Um, I'm going to go for a Leicester win. I'm going to go for two nil Leicester. 3-1 Leicester. Liverpool Wolves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't very often go against Wolves, do I? But um, we haven't been good lately. 2-0 Liverpool. See, this is the game where Wolves turn up normally, isn't it? The big games. Mm-hmm. They like them. Mm-hmm. But but I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win. What do you go? 2-0? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1, Liverpool. And then Man City, Villa. And like I say, I can't see anything other than a nice, comfortable win for City. So I'm going to go for 3-0, Man City. Nice early goals, so everyone can enjoy this one. This is the end of season's show. Um, 4-1, Man City. Norwich Spurs to finish off. I've got to go for a big score on this one. I think that Norwich um, are going to get a battering and I think it could be 4-0 Spurs. Do you know, I want to, I want to go draw, but I, don't. <laughs> 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 but I can't. Um, 3-0 Spurs. I don't know what that means if that happens. So hopefully I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) David Seaman and Lindsay Hooper. This is Seaman Says. We're in for an exciting final few days. We'll be back next week to reflect on the end of the Premier League season and we've got a special announcement on the way. So make sure you're following us on social media at Seaman Podcast. And we'll see you next week. This is a Listening Dog Media Production. Podcast Network.